Welcome to the Space Ben from Pluto podcast. I'm your host this week, Ben. With me as always... Dan, James and Christian. And today, just with the release of our YouTube video, Norbit, Time of Sword Trash, do check it out. Link in the description of the video. Uh, today we'll be going to be talking about movies or TV shows that might have killed or kind of ended somebody's career, either an actor or maybe a director. Like, when they've been in a film, they've gone, oh, that's really bad. And they've not <laughs> quite recovered since. Or maybe, you could argue, they it was too good and you couldn't beat it. So maybe, you know, we'll see, we'll, we'll find out. And uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. It really, really helps. It, it actually helps. So please do <laughs> like and subscribe. Please, God, please. <laughs> shall, I, uh, shall I go first, guys? Yeah, go on. Take yeah, yeah, bring us into the topic. Get started. I mentioned it earlier in the intro about peaking early and oh boy did tommy was so peak <laughs> with the room so mm. much so he didn't really direct anything for what over a decade uh with best I'd... fiends friends like a proper I, film he didn't direct best fiends well there we go then <laughs> um he, he he didn't even write that one um uh, <laughs> it was Greg Sestero wrote the part for him. This proves my point further. <laughs> that he he peaked so high yeah. with he, the room he, that he's just gone, I'm, I'm done. I mean, he, he did that show uh, The Neighbours. That was a thing. What, the Australian soap? Uh, not that one. No. No, this, <laughs> this, this, was, this was one about a bunch of uh, college kids hanging out in college with Tommy Wiseau playing a college kid. Oh god, that's <laughs> horrible. Just look up, just just look up clips. It's it's hilarious. That is that's not pleasant. <laughs> just just a bunch of like actual college kids, and then Tommy Wiseau coming in with like a football and a Letterman jacket and being like, "What's up?" <laughs> was that was that Steve? Hello, my fellow kids. Or something like that. <laughs> that gift. Has anyone of us not seen the room? Me, I've not oh, seen the room. Have you wow. seen the Disaster Artist, Dan? No. No. I would wow. heavily, heavily, heavily recommend them as a double bill because that's what we did. We watched The Room at uni and then went straight to the cinema and watched The Disaster Artist and it's such a great double bill. Wow. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, I can I, see that. I can see why it would be, yeah, for sure. That's bad, I mean, though. I know, I know, like, I've seen a lot of this. I've seen a lot of the famous scenes. Yeah, yeah. But I've never actually seen the film itself. And it's I would bad like that to you haven't. It. So I feel like it's, it came out. You could have. I, I don't know. I feel like it's one of those films you have to watch with a big group of people, or at least a few, at least a few people. Yeah. And you know, I've never really found the 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 moment to do that. So if only Dan, you had a group of people that you watched films with. Oh yeah, that's a good point. That Too a, bad I don't. A <laughs> I was just about to say, in all fairness, I would advocate that the room would be like. One of the first, if not the first, film we watch when we can all sit in the same room as each yeah. other. Yeah, because yeah. it's called the room as in well. The room. Exactly, <laughs> and we're all in the room together. Oh, it's written in the stars. I think. <laughs> but you, it's it's one of those films, Dan, where it really has what is a good movie. I would, <laughs> I would argue, you could almost write like a dissertation on it. Because it really does like go the full circle of like it's so bad it then becomes good again. I generally yeah. would argue a case because there's there's a book series called The Thousand and One Movies You Must See Before You Die. I would argue The Room is a dead cert to go in that book. 
it's mm. talking about not the film itself, but even you know, its influence. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the 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 rumors become like such a, a, a sort of massive cult film. I mean, I I remember being introduced to it in uni, and I've seen that film many many times. I travelled to like down to Bristol to meet Tommy Wiseau. Oh, have you um, actually met? Have you actually met him? Man? I, I, I have actually met him. I, I met the oh man, the myth, the legend. Um, it, it was pretty That's hilarious. W- walked into the cinema and he stood to one side selling his own merch. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did um, uh, some press ups on stage when we saw him. My my yeah. favourite thing about Tommy Wiseau is uh, apparently he was at the premiere for The Disaster Artist, and there's a scene in The Disaster Artist, Dan, where the two main characters are like just having a conversation while they throw an American football. And uh, at the end of the film, uh, James Franco apparently went up to Tommy and was like, so, uh, you know, are you okay? Like, what do you think of the film? He went, mm, was good, but we used soccer ball, not American football, and then just walked away. That was the only <laughs> comment he had about the entire film that he just watched. Oh. I was Incredible. never more... It was one of the few times I was generally invested in the Oscars because I, I wanted more than anything to see Tommy Wiseau at the Oscars. So I just thought that, that sentence is so amazing. Yeah, Franco I, I, can get a nomination and Tommy will go and maybe get on stage. <laughs> <laughs> he would absolutely have got up on stage. Yeah, o- honest, yeah. I'd, I'd have killed to see him at the Oscars um, because, I mean, he's he's one of like the kings of like bad cinema uh but mm. it's him and neil breen is it yeah, i think that's how you pronounce it i don't know who that is uh neil breen yeah uh, ne- neil tommy was always like the king of bad drama neil breen is the king of bad sci-fi oh, he has okay some uh, I, i've i've written them down they mm. are they are on our list of something <laughs> for me to show you on the channel at some point oh, we will be watching <laughs> fateful findings Mate, if you, um, James, I think if you thought Norbit was something, like <laughs> that, there's a, there's an entire film where um, the, the the plot revolves around two twins and he plays both characters and it's so badly like put together, it's so it's so stupid and I love every second of his his messy CGI films. I think Uwe Ball's a famous one as well, isn't he? Oh yeah, Uwe, Uwe Ball. Uve Ball. Uh, yeah. Isn't he I the guy that, that he boxed his critics? Didn't he have a boxing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had a, he had a box he, he had a boxing match where he challenged his critics to get in the ring with him. Brilliant. <laughs> I think we mentioned him on the first or second podcast because he did. I think it's the second one, the best video games podcast because yeah. he does yeah. uh, best video game films podcast because he he tries to do video games films that aren't actually based on they they have the names of video games but they're not actually any resemblance to the oh, games um, I've heard the yeah. name before. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, he, he did he did the the Blood Rain series, he did Alone in the Dark, he did House of the Dead, he did yeah. Far Cry, Postal. God, He's done man. so many video game films that are not remotely related to the video games. <laughs> it's it's great. It's worth checking out one day. Yeah, yeah. Christian, have you uh What's one of your picks? Uh, I've got a few. Um, I mean, I'll start with the obvious one from my background. Um, this is one that could have easily been like a real downfall film, but luckily, um, this actor managed to get back up on their feet quite quickly. Uh, and it is, of course, Prince of Persia oh, uh, of with Jake Gyllenhaal. Sure. I actually totally forgot they existed. Yeah, I've everyone does. I've not seen it either. Uh, it's better than Assassin's Creed. 
<laughs> but not difficult. It's not a very not, high that's bar. Not, that's not a high bar. Um, yeah, it's Jake Gyllenhaal playing a Persian prince. Makes sense. Um, obviously. Obviously, the uh, obvious choice. Um, it's kind of based on the game, but not really. <laughs> so is it, is it, it has, something to do with the sands of time? Is, is that... Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. it, it has some like really horrendous CGI and it's just kind of all over the place and the acting like no one you, you can tell that no one really wanted to be on set <laughs> <laughs> it, it comes across in the way that they sort of act you know this this was one of them where they were like yeah Prince of Persia I grew up playing those games I can't wait to read this oh Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> is Jake Gyllenhaal good in it? Like, does he put on a good performance? Uh, I like he's good for that film, but mm. again, it like there's there's certain scenes that he's in where it feels like they did it in one take, and they were like, "Oh, you didn't really put in effort. Do you want to do another take?" And he was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> I do like Jake Gyllenhaal. He's a very interesting actor to sort of like follow and like watch what he does because I feel like he's got a nice mix of well he I, he really does seem to follow that sort of one for me one for them kind of thing like he'll do his big blockbusters so that he can yeah. then just go off and do his own more smaller scale things which yeah. clearly yeah. he enjoys more yeah he makes his money on the big films and then he goes off and does like his like night crawlers and nocturnal animals and stuff like that it's a like good that. idea to have like Adam Driver's made his he's made his house money with Star Wars and then like Marriage Story pays for his like his lunch and stuff you know yeah. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a it's prep meal deal. I was, I was yeah. going to say, it's, it's something that a lot of actors, you know, especially like Robert Pattinson and uh, Daniel Radcliffe and actors like that have been like, well, you know, I've got Twilight, Harry Potter, whatever, that's going to be funding me forever. So now I can go off and do the films that I want to do. I can go and do the weird indie films that no one's going to see. I, I do enjoy seeing stuff like that. It's like after actors do these huge like franchise blockbusters, what do they move on to like where do they go yeah. from this like obviously you know with endgame we've had both chris evans and danny like uh, dip out of the mcu i'm quite interested to see what they do now you know chris evans went and starred in a uh, knives out he was great in that it was an incredible film Downey did do little oh yeah he that's won't, a film won't do anything else <laughs> ever again maybe I, that might have killed his career i, I was gonna say maybe 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 Downey's about to have his dip. He's he's about to like do three really bad films, and then like have an uh, you know, hopefully mo- a lot of the actors I've got on my list at least had some sort of an upswing back into popular favor, um, or have at least started that. Hmm. Um, he needs to do another Fincher film. I'd I'd absolutely watch that. That's why I think he needs to do like something that very very far away from a family film, something yeah. he can really kind of get his teeth into and yeah. show off his acting ability. Apparently with Doolittle, he was like super excited. He was like, yeah, this is just the kind of script I want to be doing. Like I've selected this for the first thing after Iron Man really carefully. It's like, come on, like how much are they paying you for this really? <laughs> yeah. It was probably a lot of money. Like no I one know. read the script to that film and went, this is it. This is my big <laughs> thing. Yeah, I, I, my my favorite thing about that was, was all of us trying to work out what accent he was meant to have in the film. <laughs> so like, where's he meant to be from? Turns out he's apparently meant to be from Wales. Yeah, sure. I was like, is is that a Welsh accent? Because I'm I'm I've met a lot of Welsh people and that does they don't speak like that. It doesn't sound like <laughs> any of them. <laughs> a fairly obvious one, but yeah, maybe two from this film. 
yeah, I think two definite ones. Uh, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna talk about Star Wars again. Oh, yeah. there we go. <laughs> we need it's... to do some sort of jingle or like a thing to come on the screen. It's like, everything it's... comes back to Star Wars. It always comes back. It's the it's the only prominent one I can think of that really kind of it ruined people's careers before they even started. Yeah. It, it, it sent people into years of depression. Not just me, but the actors. But yeah, the first uh, the first actor from that film is obviously Jake Lloyd, mm. uh, who played Anakin Skywalker. Um, he'd been in something before, hadn't he? He was in Jingle All the Way. Yeah, of course, Jingle All the Way. He was. He was Jamie. How could we forget? Um, and then yeah, he didn't put in the best performance in The Phantom Menace, did he? Uh, you could say he received quite a lot of criticism for that, which is you know in in retrospect. It's probably a bit out of order because he's a little kid, <laughs> like a nine-year-old boy. Yeah, but he, he just—he just wanted to try spinning because it was a neat trick. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, the poor guy uh, suffered a lot of abuse at school and bullying and all sorts of stuff. You know, which uh, you know, considering it's just a stupid film about aliens, space wizards, and space wizards. It's like, yeah, get a grip, everyone. Jesus Christ! But <laughs> that—it seems to have completely put him off acting. Um, yeah. I don't think he's done anything since. I might be wrong, but any, yeah. anything that he has done has been very, very low-key. I have a feeling I've read something about him wanting to get back into acting. Um, I, well, I, th- I think he said he was going to do some like low-key TV bit acting. You know, like mm. not anything major. He just wanted to sort of get back into acting, but not like on the front lines of acting where he's going to get super famous. Because yeah. He tried that and it didn't work out. We said like people weren't a huge fan of Hayden Christensen in the like at the time in Star Wars, and then when they announced that he was coming back for Obi Wan, I was like, "Whoa, yeah!" It's like you, you trashed him for so long, and now that he's coming back. You're like, "Oh yeah, I love him." Hayden Christensen's so confused after he was pretty much booed out of Hollywood after uh, after doing uh, Revenge of the Sith and uh, Jumper. Mm-hmm. Like he did those two films and then was like sacked off into a corner and now that they're bringing him back everyone's like yeah we love you and he's like you do <laughs> I mean, the thing is because it's like it's the it's the children who grew up on yeah, yeah. and now and also he's he's actually will be working probably with a director who understands human emotions and not George <laughs> Lucas so maybe he'll bring out you know a bit more quality from uh, Hayden Christian whoever it is he or she sorry yeah they I, no, I think the main problem with the prequels films is it's the scripts and if they're not very good scripts and if you've got an actor that's good enough they can pull those scripts off but if you've got an actor that's fine like they're good mm. but they, they aren't going to be able to pull off a bad script like I yeah. feel Ewan McGregor can carry the you know dodgy uh, dialogue with his charisma and his charm if you've not got that it's very hard I mean he only just managed to pull, pull it off as well like, he, I like he, his Obi-Wan he, yeah, was he-, I mean, he was helped because he had Alec Guinness to base it off. Everybody yeah, else was kind of just point. a candle in the wind, kind of like <laughs> Samuel Jackson got to try and do, you know. Be Sam Jackson. Yeah, well, he, he, even then he wasn't. <laughs> he just kind of sat there being really miserable for three films. In a, in a so did we. <laughs> <laughs> in a Especially through that second one. Because <laughs> like Armour Best as well, he was bullied a lot. And I think that now he's kind of... I think they ca- the Disney put him in some sort of like kids 
Raven style show, but it was Star Wars and he was the host. So he's kind of kind of been eased back in, I think, by the fans as well and everyone's kind of like apologised to him. But yeah, he's still worn that. He he's a, he's apparently on the cast list for the Obi Wan Kenobi series. Yes, I'll see you later, man. guys, alright? I'll see you later. I'm gonna get him go. back. I would love that. Chuck them all in. <laughs> I would love if Jar Jar was back. Jar Jar cameo, absolutely. That'd be hilarious. Look, I've, like they've got to give us Darth Jar Jar at some point, surely. <laughs> like I'm still holding hill. on to hope. I, yeah. I, 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 I was gonna say, in all fairness, even if they do like a Star Wars like what if version, and they just have like a full like three episode Darth Jar Jar arc I about what it. it what it would have been like. They are doing something like that, aren't they? Is it called? It's called Visions. Visions. I was going to say Legends, but I knew it wasn't that. Well, oh, it, man, I love they? the idea of Elseworlds, what ifs. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Just fun, man. I wanted to mention on a slightly more positive note as well, another actor who... This didn't necessarily ruin his career, but it certainly, like, for whatever reason, put him off acting. Or maybe it didn't put him off. But I don't know what the deal is. Maybe you guys know the deal. But um, I've completely forgotten his name. Oh, for f- and, and we might have to hold on. Let me let me look it up. Hold on, I've completely forgotten it. Right, okay, there it is. So I'm talking about Jack Gleason. He played okay. Joffrey in Game of Thrones. Oh, because he's not been any in anything since he portrayed Joffrey. Like I've not seen him in anything. I genuinely think he's he's retired from acting, or he's at least t- taking a massive sabbatical, and. I don't really know the reasons why. I don't think there's anything like acrimonious or anything uh, behind that. But um, I just think it's a shame because the guy's obviously like a really good actor. Proper Joffrey, like uh, yeah. the performance of Joffrey was just like you know incredible. So like I hate it, just everyone hated him <laughs> so and much. And that's the problem. I think it's the too many people couldn't separate him from the character, uh... and they they now hate him. I was gonna say I think that's the thing. Like. I'm I'm pretty sure that he said like before now that he he would like to not play the villainous part, but everything mm. he was offered after Game of Thrones was like a villainous part, mm. and he's yeah. like, but I don't want to always be the bad guy. Mm. But you know, studios are like, but you are the bad guy. Like that's all anyone's going to see you as. Yeah. But that that was the that was the problem that Daniel Radcliffe had to try and overcome was that everyone's going to see you as this like magical wizard. And he's like, I don't want to be the magical wizard all the time. <laughs> and then he yeah. did. Now you see me too. Yeah, was but he, that, was he in Now You See Me Too? He was in Now You See Me Too. He was the guy that hires them, and the joke throughout the film is that he's crap at magic. <laughs> That's ridiculous, <laughs> isn't it? My God, the first Now You See Me film was—it was absolute garbage. Uh, in fact, <laughs> we should do that for Time is so Trash. James it Space. Was so, so, I really like that film. Oh, oh my God, my God. James. <laughs> it was so, so 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 bad. I, I, I actually quite like Now You See Me. Good film. We're gonna I, have I, to. I, I like I like both of them. I thought the first yeah. one I thought the first one was okay, and I thought that yeah. the second one was so ridiculous. Like that card sequence in the second one is oh, so God, yeah. stupid that it comes back around to being great. <laughs> yeah. well, I like it. I like the one. <laughs> nah, wow, the first one is... was just like it was kind of alright, and then it just swiftly it's, became. It's, it's Ocean's Eleven with magicians. It's great. Nah, nah. Oh, I, it... don't, what, oh, I don't know if I can. Ocean's just... is a bit above. <laughs> I haven't seen Oceans, so just a terrible ending. It was like they just didn't know how to end the film, so they just kind of <laughs> made, they just, just pulled them out of the hat, basically. <laughs> that was a pun because pulling out the hat, pulling something out of the hat, is something magicians do. I okay. really want to learn the Jimmy Woo like card trick. 
You just don't you oh, have yeah. don't you have the card in between your it's fingers? It's like behind you do that and you like flick you it and flick it comes it. through the fingers. Yeah. I've seen a few tutorials how to do it. I might learn to do it. I might. We'll see. It's one of those where it takes a lot of effort to do, mm. and you probably go, "Hey, look, I've done this effort. I can do it." And I was like, "Cool." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking <laughs> like in Game of Thrones, I was talking to Dan about this off camera. My I love that Game of Thrones is ending because then you have the conversation of okay, who's not gonna recover from this? Which actor won't work <laughs> after this? Who who whose peak is this? And who's who's the David Schwimmer? And who's the Jennifer Aniston? Who's gonna keep working after Game? Whoa, who's whoa, be? whoa! Now David Schwimmer did Madagascar. No, he was, I was great. Gonna say it. I was going to say, David Schwimmer's gone on to do directing. Okay, it's, who's the... it's, it's who's the Jennifer Aniston and who's the Matthew Perry. Ah, uh, sorry. Whoa, have you not seen 17 again? <laughs> yeah, name, name one other thing. <laughs> and Scrubs doesn't count because he was only in it for yeah. one oh, episode. Yeah. Scrubs doesn't count because he was only in it for one episode and it was written by the Friends writers, so of course he was in it. <laughs> was Courtney Cox in anything after Friends? Yeah, Courtney Cox time. was in Scrubs. <laughs> you did Scrubs as well. Towards the end, those guys were getting paid a mi- like a million dollars an episode, which even, yeah. which back then <laughs> was even more than it is now. And come on now, like Matthew Perry, you, you've got you, you can't blame him. He's got untold riches, and I mean, I uh, think he snorted most of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Except there was that picture that they released with the reunion, and you could see the lines on the table in the background. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. That's a bit tragic, isn't it, really? <laughs> it's uh, so boomer, and I love it. <laughs> with, 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 like, comedy, like, sitcom shows that run on like that, there's always one actor. It's usually just one actor who completely fades away. You know, you have, like, two actors that do really well, two, two actors that do really well, two actors that are middling, and then, like, one that just completely vanishes. Yeah. I'm curious if, like, if Kit Harrington and like Amelia Clark can keep this. Yeah, I mean, role. well, yeah. the thing I was going to say in response to that, your question, Ben, about Game of Thrones is that like none of them have really like done Amelia anything. Done, not since Amelia Clark's done bits. One has time. gone beyond Game of Thrones. Pedro Pascal is oh. everywhere. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. He won't go know, away. Did he, did, was he? Good. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah, Pedro Pascal for sure has has kind of broken way. He's broken way beyond. Obviously. But he also dipped out before it got shit. Yeah, I mean, he, he the nature of his character as well. He's kind of he's in it for one season. Uh, he, he left in and he's glorious in fashion. Scene. Yeah. yeah, and and the you know, and then he was free to kind of he wasn't typecast. He'd shown off his acting ability, shown off the type of character he could play, and now he now he's being offered True. every single role going basically, including Joel. Any any fatherly role, he's now being typecast as thanks yeah. to Mandalorian. So maybe yeah. Mandalorian will kill him off. I mean, that, The Last of Us is basically just... It's, uh, Ellie is basically just Baby Yoda, right? It's the same thing. <laughs> Have fun making that in the thumbnail, Ben. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so no wonder he's, he's been picked for it. But, um, but yeah, it'd be Amelia Clark, what, what, what has she done? Like, she's uh, done Terminator. Oh, yeah, and she was not very good in Terminator. And That's she right. did Last Christmas as well. Who could forget that? She's Absolute in Star classic. Wars. She's in the Solo movie. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. She's in the um, Han Solo film. She's in a film called Me Before You that I absolutely love. Exactly. It's so she's really... just some crap. I think you guys would hate it because <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you told me that Richard Curtis directed it. It's that kind of film. But yeah. I just really enjoy it. It's lovely. It was. Um, I think my ex-girlfriend 
at one point was like, you always pick the films we watch. Can I pick one? I was like, yeah, I've, I've never said that you can't. It's just that I suggest films and you go along with them. If you ever suggest a film, like, we'll go see that. And she went, well, I want to see this. I went, yeah, cool. Let's go see it. We, we went to see it, watch it all. The lights come up. She went, oh, that was a bit crap. I was like, I loved that <laughs> <laughs> I think she was a bit annoyed that I'd enjoyed it more than her. <laughs> I think she only took me to it to try and wind me up. You did say ex-girlfriend after all. So. I did. Oh, Maybe that was the straw that broke the Probably. Back. Anyway, well, yeah. Back. Anyway, wow. Ben. Probably well, just twist that, that knife. Down. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> They're obviously going to cut that. It's fine. She's not watching this. <laughs> if we're going off the TV show uh, train and stuff, uh, Matthew Fox hasn't quite recovered from the heights of Lost. Uh, Jack yeah. Shepard yeah, yeah. playing I've Jack. Seen him he, in anything else ever? He was he, in a film called what was it called? Like it was something to do with a Vanishing Point. Mm. Was that what it was called? I'll look was, it up. Was Sorry. he in? Was he in the background of one of the Bay Transformers films? Or am I making that up? He was an extra in World War Z. Like a literal like extra in it, and, but he he is in one film and he's really good in it, and we will watch it down the line. He's excellent in Bow and Tomahawk. He's awesome. Oh in that yeah, that was with, him with Kurt Russell. But that's a few. Of course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not vanishing point. Vantage point. Vantage point. Yeah. Vantage point. Yeah. I'm not sure what it was about. Mm. Um, I think he was like a bodyguard or some sort of military person, but it, it didn't grace very much. But I heard that one of the main reasons that he he hasn't been offered much work is because he's incredibly difficult to work with. Like oh, really? he like he's like he's exceptionally arrogant and has a huge you know a huge ego, an inflated ego because of Lost and you know this is all hearsay obviously, but that is kind Allegedly. of I've read. I've, yeah. I've read several articles that kind of imply that he's just a bit of a nightmare and a bit of a oh, douchebag. So. Of course, he was in Speed Racer. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there's your film that ruined his career. Yeah. That, that's got to be the tipping point, that. But no one in Lost, again, kind of similar to Game of Thrones. Eventually, uh, no, no Lily's done okay. Eventually, cool Lily, She's in yeah. MCU. You don't Boone, get much higher than that he right did a, He did a Pedro Pascal and got out early. And Dominic Monaghan's d- done nothing. Nothing. <laughs> the, guy, the guy who plays Ben's been in other things. Yeah, they have. He's a done lot, quite a lot of them, other TV work. Like a few of them would survive on TV. I think like Hawaii Five O was just lost because Jin's in that and Hurley was in that. Yeah, Jin was, was in the new Hellboy show, film. He was in that. He was. Yeah. Like they crop up every now and then. I think Terry O'Quinn is John John Locke. He was kind of a veteran going into it, so he was pretty. He was all right. Uh, Daniel Day Kim, who plays Jin in Lost, is, does a lot of voice work. Like, okay. he, he, he does tends, his Gat. He's, he's Johnny Gat in the Saints Row uh, games. But he, he does oh, wow. he does a lot he does a lot of video game voice work. Oh man, mm. that's cool. And he so, I know, uh, seems cool, dude. For Desmond, mm. the actor Desmond's in quite a few bits. Brother, a lot of them stay in. Uh, <laughs> a lot of them just stay in television, I think. Yeah. And obviously. Uh, what's his face? Charlie. Dominic Monaghan. Yes. Dominic Monaghan. Me and my me and one of my friends always joke that Dominic Monaghan like really did land on his feet, didn't he? Like like he he's ba- he, I think he's from Berry, and it's like <laughs> or, or somewhere near to Berry, and he he's he's cast in Lord of the Rings. He's like suddenly in New Zealand for a year. Cast in Lord of the Rings becomes like a really recognisable kind of figure, like a classic character, timeless character in Lord of the Rings. And then shortly after he's cast in Lost, one of the biggest TV shows ever. And then he marries Evangeline Lilly and moves to Hawaii. And it's like, bloody hell, well done. I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, what a guy. 
for a guy yeah. from Berry, then you know you've done quite well. Because I think they broke up. But, oh, you know, sad. But it's interesting you mentioned uh, Lord of the Rings earlier, James. Quite a few of those guys haven't fully quite hit those heights again, have they? Like, like especially the Hobbits. Yeah, like, I was just gonna say the four of them lads. Like Elijah, kind of became almost like a personality. Like, like a Will Wheaton nerd personality. <laughs> and well, like he... Sean Astin, Billy Boyd, and Dominic haven't. I think Dominic did a lot of television. He, he really like, he does like a lot of nature documentaries. Isn't I think. Sean Astin did um, Stranger Things, but like for yeah, one what, season. 20 years and... later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Boyd has got a, a beautiful voice. And because of that, he's, he, I've seen a, a few videos of him on YouTube of him and his band. He's actually had a bit of a musical career. Like, oh. And uh, yeah, it's not very good. But... <laughs> he's trying <laughs> his voice is good <laughs> Elijah Wood is, uh, Elijah Wood is one of them like uh, I mentioned with Daniel Radcliffe and that earlier who's like di- who did the franchise thing and then kind of slipped and did it a lot of indie stuff because um, I mean I, I really enjoyed the, re- the remake of Maniac that he's in mm. um, he did one called Grand Piano that was pretty good he did one called Open Windows that was pretty good like he's he's done a lot of like sort of indie in horror and thrillers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's got his own company called Spectavision, I think. I, I think they're called Spectavision. Someone might want to fact check that, but yeah, that <laughs> he, he makes movies and he he produced a video game with Ubisoft not that long ago called mm, tra- tran- Transference. It was video like a VR game. Did that. Uh, he was involved in that game, I think. What, um, Transference? Yeah, I think so. Probably. I mean, he's got his... Hideo Kojima's no, everywhere. No, no, no. It wasn't. It wasn't. I've mixed that up. It was a thing that Hideo Kojima did uh, called Transfaring, which was like something to do with PS Vita. <laughs> and it was like... Ooh. Yeah, that also sounds... Really... <laughs> that is not something you want to be attaching your name to. <laughs> yeah, but it was like some. It was something to do with connecting a PS Vita to a, to a PS4. And... I was, I was going to say that Hideo Kojima's got his hands in... He, he just likes playing with technology. I mean, ever since Metal Gear 1. I know that his new game, he's trying to set, he's trying to set up a new horror game that um, bothers you when you're not playing the game. So, like, it, it sends you emails and you get random phone calls and texts from the game no. telling you to come back. No, 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 no. That's it's funny. like bloody Duolingo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Duolingo literally sends you texts going, I miss you. It's like, for, 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 <laughs> Jesus Christ, you're a... App. <laughs> <laughs> Duolingo sends you threatening texts. Yeah. It's like, hey, Just... come back. Have you spoken to your family recently? <laughs> you, should, you should get in touch with your family. <laughs> it's like, uh, Duolingo, what have you done to my family? <laughs> Just... I, I promise I'll learn French. <laughs> <laughs> There's just owls crashing into your window. Like, and so, it's like, Jesus Christ, man. Sending a me- This is a message right here. I have cut the brakes to your car. So- oh, God! Um, <laughs> James, do you have a few off your list? Or? Um, mine weren't, like, because when I was doing... I was looking down mine. I'd struggled to find any way. It's like, you would argue that it ruined this actor's career. It's just you go through, and you look at them, it's like, hit, 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 hit. And then one really weird, outlying, just terrible film. Mm. So, like, Halle Berry did a lot of good films. They just decided to do Catwoman. Um, Yeah. One of the weirdest ones in there is Oscar-winning Sir Anthony Hopkins deciding, yeah, I'll go be in a Michael Bay Transformers film. 
that was an unusual one. That was, that's really the only weird. one I've not seen. What happened there? He surely he sacked his agent after that. <laughs> I, I think he I, was just doing it for a laugh. I think he gave his agent a pay rise and the truck of money came up to his house for, for what a day's work with hanging out Mark Wahlberg in a mansion. I was going to say he was he was barely in it, was he? I don't know. I've, like I said, I've not seen it. I think he's like I don't. I think I, I don't think he's just in that mansion though. I think he does actually like go around. I'm sure I've seen scenes of him like know. having to run. Like, there's a scene where he's got to run across a courtyard to get into a car, and it's just a bit like... It's another one of those ones where it's like Harrison Ford. It's like, oh, it's just a bit sad watching them make this old man <laughs> yeah. run. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I don't actually think I've seen Anthony Hopkins in much. Like, did, did he do that one recently called... Uh, is it called The Father or something like that? It was know. like a very Oscar-baity one. With Olivia Colman? Is that with Olivia yeah. I think he kind of does things like that, these little little yeah. indie dramas that might get picked up by awards. But he's kind of—he's an old man, isn't he? Doesn't I mean, he, what does he he's, need? He's Anthony Hopkins, for God's yeah, sake! Like, it's like, you know, like he—I think genuinely did Transformers, like just for his grandkids or something. He just did it yeah, all yeah, that. Really. Like from what I've seen of Anthony Hopkins lately, he's just kind of off his nut in a in a. In a, in a good way. Like, His you know. social media videos are bizarre. Yeah, he just gurn into the camera and screeching. <laughs> yeah, like, like they're wonderfully and... bizarre. Some, some of them are just him playing piano for his cat. And it's just, like, <laughs> it's just really wholesome. <laughs> I was, I was, I was going to say, you'll, you'll have one where like it's him playing piano to his cat, and then the next day you'll have one where he's got the camera right in his face, gurning into it, playing like Napalm Death in the background. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... So weird. <laughs> but he can do because he's Anthony Hopkins. You know? yeah. yeah. He can do what he wants. This was the other problem that I found when I was looking through these films. I've seen like all these actors' good films and just haven't seen the bad ones. So I haven't seen Last Night. I haven't seen Catwoman. Then I was going down Will Smith. I was like, yep, yep, yep. And then there's After Earth. I was like, well, I didn't see that because everyone said it was crap. I've got I'm... one you might have watched, James. That you could argue might have kind of ended the career of four people. Batman and Robin, Robin. kind of damaged Chris O'Donnell Alicia Silverstone, Uma Thurman. If it was if you can't, don't count Kill Bill, and Joel Schumacher himself, it kind of. Proper... Didn't, I mean, he didn't do wonders for Clooney either. No, he had to he had to kind of claw himself back. That was like his breakout from TV movie role, and then it was ER. You've just been in ER. A... Oh, I thought you'd just I thought you'd just be in Mank then. ER. He was from ER. But he was literally in ER. Yeah. <laughs> I could be wrong. I don't know if this is just one of those sort of internet myths you hear. But I remember reading at one point that apparently George Clooney keeps a picture of him as Batman, either on his desk or on his wall in his office, as a consistent reminder to never take accept a project just for the money. Wow. Um, He has said in multiple interviews that he will regularly turn up to... Like, if there's a comic con near him or near where he's filming or near where he is... He will regularly turn up to like comic cons and like Batman events and stuff, and stand on stage and publicly apologise <laughs> for Batman and Robin. That's but great. he shouldn't now, though, especially in the world we live in. And Batman and Robin's like a kind of a glorious camp comedy <laughs> that I'm sure kids especially will love. I was going to say, people kind of are over it by now. Really shouldn't now, especially. He's not cause... the problem with that film. No. Yeah, and it's I think he's fight. quite a good Bruce Wayne. He's not a great Batman, but he's oh, a yeah. good Bruce Wayne. He is, like, in real life, he is Bruce mm. Wayne. He's just a rich philanthropist <laughs> who now is married to 
his wife is insane. Like, if you look at her career, she's a proper, like, real life. She's, a, she's crazy. I don't know the details. <laughs> I can't fully remember the details, but she's, like, a proper... Ignore George compared to her. Clooney has done now. a few weird films, though. Like, I didn't see it, but my mum loves George Clooney and she'll lap up anything he watches. I love George. Apparently, she and all her friends went to watch The Men Who Stare at Goats, and they all came back and were like, what the hell did they you just watch? That's worth the what. It, it's it's good film. It's a funny film. <laughs> there's there's jokes in that about um, Ewan McGregor being a Jedi because in in that film they they're called Jedi. These people that can uh, mm. think they can read minds and stuff. John Watson. It's, um, it's a bit it's a bit dampened now because uh, Kevin Spacey is in is in the film. But um, I enjoy. I think it's a fun little film. Good cast as well. Jeff Bridges is in it. Um, they're all like. They're all like hippies trying to read minds, aren't they, Dan? I think if I remember correctly. Yeah, it, well, it's like it's basically it's based on a book that John Ronson wrote when he he he, he looked into this um, kind of a United States government program of sort of psyops and like weird shit. Basically, <laughs> I think it was it was called MK Ultra, uh, and it actually existed, and it was looking into things like telekinesis and like astral projection and all this re- it's basically like a bit like the real life x-files like but it was a team of people thinking like doing actual research into whether or not this this kind of stuff worked and the many stare at goats it's called that because one of their experiments was if you stare at a goat long enough <laughs> and will it to die it will just drop dead and so if you can do, like if like if we can prove that you can do that you can probably do it to humans as well. <laughs> so, it's worth I, the watch. It's worth I think, the watch. I think at one point a goat did actually die as well. Like they did stare a goat to death. Um, so yeah, it's worth a read. As is any John John Ronson book, they're all they're all really good. All those like John Ronson documentary mm. books, very Louis Theroux. I've got another little one for you, James. Uh, there's quite like quite a few members of the US version of The Office didn't fully quite like Pam. Yeah, she didn't do anything, really. She didn't really do much. I don't know if I'd argue if... Um, oh, I forgot his name. The actor who plays Dwight. Has, has he done... Rain Wilson. Wilson. Uh, Rain he was Wilson. in The Meg. Oh. He was, yes. <laughs> Did I mention on the podcast last week about the actress from The Office who... There's quite a few, if I'm honest, Dan. <laughs> yes, Dan, you did. It was in Mindhunter, you did. You did. Oh, because we were talking about The Office and, you know, talking about people's whose careers... I think I, think I might have cut it. Did you cut it? Oh, I, I, I was going to say, say it again. I, 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 don't re- I don't remember hearing it. I think you cut it. I might have cut it. <laughs> it's just people zone out when I'm talking. I think so. Uh, yeah, I, I might have cut it. All right. Well, in that case, I'll mention it again just for safety. Yeah, and I'll cut it again. Oh, don't cut it again. <laughs> <laughs> but the actress who played Rachel in The Office, she's called Stacy Rocker. I think that's how you pronounce it. Tim's love, like love interest in season two. Oh, she's UK, very, right, yeah. yeah, the UK office, the, the, the office. good one, yeah. uh, the office. Yeah, <laughs> um, Tim's love interest who Dawn gets jealous of, and Tim breaks up with her in, at the end of season two, and everything. I thought because me and Ben have been rewatching the office, and I thought, oh, you don't really see uh, the actress who played Rachel in anything at all. It's kind of strange, really, because she's you know she doesn't seem like a bad actress. Turns out, I've been watching it all along. It's something that I've <laughs> that I've watched very, very recently, and it kind of blew my mind a little bit. She plays uh, Nancy Trench 
uh, in, is it Trench? Tench. Trench. Tench, sorry. <laughs> Nancy Tench, who is Bill Tench's wife in Mindhunter. She's in Mindhunter. She's a very like prominent character, and it's like, that was her. <laughs> I did mention it on the podcast. You did. You did. I, I, I did mention it on the podcast <laughs> because, because you reacted exactly the same way with just this like, oh, right, Yeah, okay. that's why I and then I said, down, like, And then I said, people who actually know that actress... I was going to say, I've not seen Mindhunter. Will, will appreciate the fact that I told them. And then cut it! <laughs> so if you cut it again... Uh, well, we'll He's going to have to mention it next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just keep mentioning it. I'll just keep mentioning it until it ends up. <laughs> just keep mentioning it until it has to go in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, um, but yeah, also The Office. Dawn's not done much. She actually played Dawn. What's, yeah. what's her name? Because you mentioned Carol. Pam, who played the American version of Dawn. She was, um, she she, was in the a... The British version of Dawn. She, she was in was, Wonder Woman, I know she that. Was, she was in Wonder Woman, yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't... Sean, was Sean, Sean the Dead was Lucy, actually in the office, wasn't it? Lucy. Oh, God, she's in Sean the Dead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's called Lucy Davis, I think. Ah. It's Jasper Carrot's daughter. Oh. The, U- the US office cast really haven't done much no. else. Like, obviously, Steve Carell didn't. It didn't affect his career. He carried on. John Krasinski's done bits. I think, to fair, I think there maybe a big reason is a lot of them weren't actors as their main thing. I think a lot of them were writers and producers, so I think they probably just went, yeah, we did this now, and now we're just going to go back yeah. to our writing. Because I know for a fact the guy who plays um, Toby, Paul Lieberstein, he hated acting. Right. He actively tried to avoid it. So it's if, it, like, if you ever um, look who wrote the episode, if it's written by Paul Lieberstein, Toby's either not in it or barely in it, because uh, he, he purposely like... didn't write scenes for him. It's crazy that, because he is like a standout of the show. He's so good. He has Toby's some of the best really bits. What, he's an actor? Well, no, he was a writer and a producer who, like, uh, oh, in early I days see. of The Office, they kind of just went, oh, look, we need someone to just do this role. Can you just do oh, it? And okay. then they became fan favourites. And they were like, oh, I'm sorry, we're going to kind of have to bring you back as a series regular now. I yeah. thought you were saying there's, like, an actor who hated <laughs> acting. It's like, that's strange. True <laughs> dilemma. <laughs> the play Toby. There's actors like that. <laughs> yeah, there's, like, loads of the writing team acted in the okay. uh, show. You're gonna, this is going to blow your mind, Dan. There's actors who can't even act. Oh, <laughs> mad! Why? Isn't that mad? Nah, <laughs> um, I don't believe you. <laughs> uh, I, I've got a couple more. Uh, well, I've, I've got more than a couple, but I've, I've got a few <laughs> interesting ones I could mention because, yeah. you know, we're doing this because of Eddie Murphy in Norbit. Uh. So the first thing I did to start off my research was I went off and looked to see it how long it took Eddie Murphy's career to come back. Uh, and of course, directly after Norbit, he did a film called Meet Dave, wow. which was also was that, terrible. Was that oh, one where it's like yeah. a bunch of little people living inside a, a robot? Yes. Yeah, I remember seeing adverts for that. Oh, God, yeah. Um, yeah, that was also terrible. And then it wasn't until uh, My Name is Dolomite that I saw any films that had even a, a vaguely positive rating. I think he. I think he both wasn't getting work at first. And I'm sure he stepped up. I think he got like a million kids. I think he yeah away, he, he did he did step away for a while um, but Jackie yeah Cu- but... Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character was inspired by real life Eddie Murphy <laughs> maybe but he's like I've oh. got my own damn kids that I'm not oh, looking after I did not know what you were talking about I had no <laughs> idea what... I was like what Cuba Gooding what oh. <laughs> I forgot but... that was in the movie yeah. yeah of course he Eddie Mur- yeah Eddie Murphy is in Shrek and Ooh. Norbit 
was Ooh. a down point. Uh, no, bit 2007 down point for Eddie Murphy's career. Mike Myers, the love Ooh. guru, 2008. Yeah. We haven't seen him since then, have we? Not really. Not really. Um, and Cameron Cameron Diaz to go for the triple. What happens in Vegas, 2008? Killed her career off. I quite oh. like that film. All of them like disappeared. 2007, 2008. The three main characters in Shrek. Word. Didn't you do uh, Bad te- Teacher? Oh, is that? that was that was a bad film. Well, <laughs> a bad film. <laughs> I've, I've, I've written it down. Cameron Diaz. The three films that she did, um, like after. Was the holiday uh, after? Night and day. That's one of them. Uh, yeah, I was going to say she did What Happens in Vegas, Night and Day, and then The Green Hornet. So Didn't she did not have she did not have a good run. Can I talk about uh, no a film, <laughs> a, a, a film, just one that like it's only a brief little thing. In in like 1960, there was a film called Peeping Tom, that at the time oh, was yeah. about like a guy who would go around like filming women and then he'd murder them. That doesn't really sound like too mental. But at the time when it came out, it was considered like well, not you know, do you know what I mean, Dan? It's not like insanely like. It's not like a. Sword what thing. about what I'm about to say? Like at the time, it then got proper lambasted by like the UK press and stuff, and yeah. they like they burned the director's career. What's mm. his name? Michael Powell, because he just he directed a film previous called The Red Shoes, which is really really famous and was oh, a yeah. huge influence on Scorsese. I think Scorsese was actually a big reason why Peeping Tom kind of came back into like film circles because he loved it. Mm. And so, like, that is a did. film, like, <laughs> yeah, that is truly, like, a good film is about Peeping Tom. I've seen it. It's good. It's good. Oh, mm. yeah. Of course you like that one, Ben. I have. It's a good film. Okay. It's <laughs> insinuating. Cut that. And, uh, <laughs> but it's crazy that, like, it's a film, a kind of, um, I don't want to say progressive, but trying to push the boundaries a bit. Mm. And yeah. people were a bit more conservative back then. They true and whenever when like the press was like everything, especially back then, they proper burn his career. And he hasn't re- I don't think he ever like properly worked like since. It was mm. uh this is crazy. Thought I'd, I had to bring in a in a, a real film. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to to go off your uh like real film i'm gonna bring i'm gonna bring up another real film that that damaged someone's career and i didn't realize uh i'm gonna talk about scooby-doo 2 monsters oh, unleashed for the love of God. <laughs> that film ruined no one's career um how dare it, you sir i i i didn't realize this um freddie prince jr who of course played fred in both of those films was so unhappy with having acted in those films that he stepped away from acting for years um, and became a writer for WWE. <laughs> wow. I think he's good in those films. I think he's a good I think, good. I, I, I think he's good in those films, but apparently he was so unhappy with having acted in them that he quit acting for like eight years, went and wrote, went and wrote scripts, but like wrote for the WWE while he was doing that. And I think then, he moved a bit to voice acting as well because I know yeah. he was in Rebels, and I think he's—I I, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I think if you look down his IMDb, he's done a few sort of like superhero animated stuff he, as well. Yeah, he's—he's he's come back to acting, but he's mainly stuck to like voice acting and like TV acting. He's a really he, good he, Kane and Jarrus, so. Yeah. You could well, argue. I, oh, sorry. You well, could I, argue. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Come on, Dan. What's, well, mine was relevant. My, I was going to talk about Sarah Michelle Gellar, but it's fine. Well, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
very good now, Dan. Well, I heard that Scooby-Doo is a real diva on set. Oh, oh my god, that was <laughs> not worth anything. It. Not worth <laughs> anything. That has to stay in now. That's got to st- I'm cutting the the mine hunter bit now. <laughs> that would have worked. <laughs> it wasn't for Ben. It's funny you mentioned Freddie Prince Jr. Christian because you could argue as well that potentially Sarah Michelle Gellar didn't quite hit the heights after Buffy, uh, the Vampire Slayer. I mean, as she well. did Scooby Doo after Buffy, so yes. Or hit the absolutely. heights. Hit the heights after Scooby Doo too. Yeah, but you've already hit the highest of highs. So like you, you know, you can't go anywhere out. from there. Got to bow out. What do you think, Christian? Think she doesn't quite. Um, yeah, I mean the the stuff that she's she's one of. Uh, I, I think it's happened to a lot of the like Buffy. I I think it's happened to a lot of like the Buffy actors, and it happened to like it happened with Firefly with Alan Tudyk. Is Alan Tudyk did Firefly, and then for years, um, just did like convention circuits, and it's only recently that he started to come back doing his voice work. Um, like I mean, he did an entire TV show that's um, actually uh, really good called Con Man. Made Min. It's it's so good. <laughs> I watched that. That's that's literally <laughs> about his life experience of of having been played the ship captain on. Have you actually watched it? Yeah, yeah. You're the first person in my life <laughs> that has also watched that show. Con Man. Nathan Fillion's in it. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I think Alan Tudyk's. Uh, I, I think Alan Tudyk's great, and I'm glad to see that he started to get more roles. I mean, I've started watching his newest TV show, which I think is based on a. a it's like a Dark Horse comic, I think, or oh, one of those yeah. Yeah, yeah, called yeah. Uh, Resident Alien. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, and that's that's pretty good. He's he's pretty funny in that. He he plays like an alien who has inadvertently ended up crash landing on earth and killed a doctor and now has to pretend to be the town doctor when he knows nothing about humanity um mm. and it, it's got his sort of typical sort of he's putting on a weird voice and acting strange and it i don't it's it's a it's nice to see him get to sort of be on screen again because he's i mean one of his biggest roles recently on his imdb is he played the chicken in moana yeah, man. Right. <laughs> what a crucial role. So, <laughs> he's uh, he voiced the droid in Rogue yeah. One as well, didn't he? Yeah, he was K two S O. He's I'd say he's the highlight of that film. Yeah, yeah. It's not saying much though, is it? I thought you liked Rogue One, Ben. Don't I? <laughs> I watched Rogue One when I read the sentence in the crawl for Episode Four. Yeah, good yeah. I still think I still think Rogue One was my favourite of the uh, new Star Wars films, and that's saying something. It's not saying much, though, is it? What was that film that <laughs> Alan Tudyk was in, where he was in denial about being a pirate? Dodgeball. Uh, Dodgeball. Dodgeball. Steve the Pirate. And he's in Night's Tale, the greatest film ever made. Dodgeball. There we go. He he, he was I, a I was going to say, he, he, crop, <laughs> he crops up now and again, but like he, he, that, a, lot, a lot of the Buffy characters and like Firefly characters just ended up living on the convention circuit, being like, yes, I was in this show once. Linda Blair from The Exorcist have never quite recovered either. The well, the possession really did a number on her, didn't it? It really did mess her up. <laughs> she didn't quite recover from that possession. That kind of, I think, messed her up a little bit. She had know. some back problems, I heard. <laughs> oh, well, you know, okay. that happens. <laughs> yeah, that happens when you crawl down the stairs. But that, that happens when you rotate your head 360 degrees. It tends to give you some form of spinal issue. Yeah. Usually a broken one, but... <laughs>
Not funny, this is it? It's not funny. No, no, <laughs> we, 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 we've taken uh, we, you start you started a bit. I tried to you started a bit. I tried to go along with it. And you take a risk. <laughs> ben, works, ben, Ben's, Ben's face clearly he just wasn't having it. I've not seen the film, so I couldn't chime in. Just trying, you know. Will Smith hasn't done a uh, a film that's rated fresh according to Rotten Tomatoes for several years now. Is Aladdin I, not fresh? I don't th- I don't think it is. Was what not fresh? Aladdin. Aladdin. No, no. I think Aladdin was middling. It doesn't mean it's a bad film. I yeah, really like that film. Like it just means wasn't that much, was it? The critics don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say he's back on the sort of upturn. Like Aladdin and Bad Boys were both middling, but of course you had like Hancock and then it went down towards stuff like After Earth and Suicide Squad mm. when he was like really deep in that bad trench and now he's back on an upturn so it's a hopefully bit like, the whole rotten smarters thing is a bit like timeless or trash in a way it's very binary obviously isn't mm-hmm. it but as we're discovering you know films are, even if film, we, we think films are a bit trash or rotten if you will doesn't necessarily mean we didn't enjoy them you know yeah we still have fun so i think will smith's films kind of a lot of them are of that nature you know they're they're, they're just a they're just a throwaway entertainment and that they don't really try and be anything else but they're a bit creatively bankrupt and everything and but <laughs> you know people still enjoy them i guess yeah i like that um rotten tomatoes has an audience score and a critic score and i think will smith probably benefits from that because i wouldn't be surprised if you go down a lot of his films and critically they're like eh, not good but they do well with audiences because they're just a bit of fun it's like when martin scorsese says that like marvel films aren't aren't cinema you know like because he, he's coming at it from a different direction. Excuse me. He's coming at it from a different direction. Well, it's more like because, like, obviously the whole thing where he slated Marvel films was pretty divisive because some Marvel films are, or you know, they are pretty good, you know, and they and they do t- kind of transcend the idea of like a film as just a theme park ride, you know, um, that you you can take your family to and switch your brain off and watch the explosions type of thing. But I understand his point because there are films like The Lion King, uh, arguably like Aladdin, especially those Disney remakes, basically, which are just cash-ins that people like. They're 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 not cinema in the same way like a quality piece of cinema is. They're they're, they're pieces of entertainment that you kind of point your face at for two hours, and you know if they kind of distract you, they fulfilled the purpose and that's why the audience gives them good scores because they're not in it for the same thing and it's almost like two different mediums, you know, like you've got like real cinema and something else. I was interested and... in that topic when Martin Scorsese brought it up but I kind of couldn't really give him uh, a, pit, a grain of salt to his point because then he kind of ended it all with going, I've not really seen any of them. Yeah, like, exactly. Well, that's yeah. what really wound me up about it. Yeah, I was yeah. like, it's for such a strong opinion... I think that's what he was trying to say, though, but he yeah. did it from a place of ignorance. He was saying that yeah. these are two... I don't think he was actually trying to be insulting. I think he was yeah. just trying to say they're almost a different medium and it's different rules, so we can't almost can't apply the same review system to them, you know? Uh, that's why you have such a discrepancy in audience yeah. score sometimes. But I think, and like, I, think he, I wonder if you're saying things like, because those films are just... Like, money talks, like, they are just taking over cinemas yeah. and your dramas... And you maybe more character study based dialogue led films are just kind of being pseudo lost. Well, they're moving to streaming, aren't they? 
Yeah, I agree, but Joker, which was essentially a Martin Scorsese film, made a billion dollars. But it, yeah, but it's called Joker. Yeah, but like these films will st- still succeed if you make them. I, do, I, I disagree. I think they still do make them, and well, I don't know. Well, Parasite did well. So. Yeah, I was going to say if you make one that's good enough, people will see it. Did it do well, or did it just win? I think. Mar- I think maybe he's just a bit upset that people aren't watching his films anymore. I don't know. I think. I think yeah, Wolf of Wall Street is pretty massive. Yeah. That was in 2013. It was a long time ago. But yeah, like he made. <laughs> no, he was like so excited for a new Martin Scorsese film. And like now. he made The Irishman and then. Yeah, and it was pretty famously not enjoyed. I thought The Irishman was all. I, I, don't, think, was I, don't, good. Think that, I don't think I agree with that. I think people liked it. It's just For me, it was just a bit of like. For all the effort you've gone through. Yeah. For the length of the film. And it's, it's a bit of more of the same in terms of like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know what it's like the th- the second time they've tried to pseudo remake Goodfellas because they did Goodfellas mm. and Casino's like the same near enough the similar thing and yeah. they've kind of done it again. That's just a bit like you've you've made Goodfellas. Well, <laughs> yeah. it it comes back to that conversation that I've mentioned a few times. It's like, do you think films should be art or entertainment? Mm. But it's hard. It's hard. I know it's like a fun question, isn't it? But like, it's hard to um, just be binary with it isn't it yeah there, there's it's places, a spectrum isn't it there's know? place for yes it's a spectrum <laughs> what are you laughing at it's, it's like sexuality <laughs> <laughs> um, what are you laughing at um, there's, yeah there's places for both but the best films do both, are both. Yeah. Mm. yeah you can argue that, I would like, argue that a film should always both. be I'm trying to think of how to word this I think and this is very much personal preference, but I think I could enjoy a film that isn't art, but I don't think I could enjoy a film that isn't entertainment. But it's weird though how you define. It's like, I guess it's like say personal preference because it's like it depends your definition of entertaining. Like you could argue Parasite yeah. and Sorry to Bother You is art, but I find them very entertaining. Yeah. So it's a weird. But that's what like, I mean. I'd like they were art and they were also entertaining, so I enjoyed yeah. them. You got stuff like uh, well, Parasite. Guys... Not the other one. You guys may have heard of a film called Koyanisquatsu. How do you say it, Ben? I can never get the pronunciation right. Koyanisquatsu. Exactly. And basically, that is like a film which is loads of really quite sort of. (laughs) I said it like that because that's how it's said in the film. Right. Yeah. I I assumed as much. Well, the score for a start, the score is by Philip Glass, who is, is quite an abstract composer. And he's basically just overlaid this music over loads of really arty um, shots of humanity. So, like in cities and in rural areas and stuff like space launches and things like that. And James's face shows me that he doesn't really. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds really like my it. worst nightmare. But, like, yeah, exactly. But I'd watch that and think, like, I'd be entertained by that because I'm getting something from it which which isn't just a plot and it's not just kind of you know a, a chain of events one thing leads to the other type of thing it's like it's very very visual but it's but it's still cinema and it's still film but it's not trying to do the same thing it's like it's more like an art piece but i'm still entertained i'm still mm. like that's the whole point really is that i'm that i'm it's not necessarily entertainment but i'm still kind of sat there enjoying something enjoying what i'm watching you know i get that but i would i would say that one doesn't really count because if if surely if there's no plot then that's not a film 
nah, what makes that's... the film? Is it, what makes the film? Is it the feature? Like, is it the runtime? You know, no, no. like a plot. The, a plot uh, there's no rules. Like a fit. Like I mean, I suppose that's kind of part of the debate. But like, you don't have to have a a, a plot to, to for it for it to be a film. There's so, there's so many films mm. where like it's just people talking. There's no real. No, but that, there's still plot. a plot to that. No, you don't have to have a plot. Like isn't, you can make your own plot with say, stuff like that. Isn't there? Uh, did Andy Warhol do a few like films that are like ridiculously? I'm pretty sure he did one that was called Sleep, and it's literally just ten hours of his friend sleeping. Yeah, that's and not then a film. I mean, that's just self-indulgent. That's an art piece. <laughs> that, that that one is an art piece. But there's one mm. that's called, I think it's called like Beach or something, and it's two people having a conversation, two or three people having a conversation off camera, so you ne- you can't see them. And in the distance, you can just see like a guy on the beach, like trying to straighten out his towel, and then sitting and sunbathing. So the entire film is you just watching this guy while they talk in the background about random stuff. And I'm pretty sure that's another like five, six hour film. Yeah, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't class that as a film. But what? what I would is class it? that what, as what, another. Well, it's, it's like another art piece, isn't it? But what it's you not class though. As a film? It's it's not. It's because... like it's got a plot to it. No, but the, but I would say plot, without a plot, then it's just like an art exhibition type thing. Like it's it's performance art. I don't. I, I'm not sure. I agree. I understand what you're saying, but like the but something like Koyaniti Quatsi. Koyaniti Quatsi. Christ. I just sound pretentious because I can't even pronounce the name of the film. <laughs> but like some got something... of it in your wall and everything as well. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but something like that is a film. And yeah, it's like trying to be a bit more abstract, and it's and it and there's no plot, but it's still like a film with a me- like maybe a, maybe it has to have a message or or it has some kind of point, but r- rather than a plot. I was gonna um, say like if if you can if you can discern like a message from it or it seems to have a point, then I'd say that it counts as a film because of course yeah. like silent cinema was a huge thing for a long time and. Not all silent cinema had like word cards on it, so you you just had to kind of pick out from the. Yeah, but they still had stories. And... Yeah, so, like some of them had story, but some of them are just very, on you know that, like early film was literally just people filming, events silently, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, like a busy street and stuff and things like that. Like a film is 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 something that like it's thought provoking in some way and it elicits some kind of. Re- like emotional response from me, I think, and it's like, like yeah, that can be a plot and that can be characters, yeah, in a traditional sense, uh, or that can just be like images that conjure up memories or emotions or ideas or whatever. They can be sort of very loosely related and they can be very sort of personal to you, but it's still evoking some kind of like message or 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 meaning you know that's still a film a film to me really but it's would, just would you guys count like an hour and a half long documentary as a film yeah, yeah. of course I would yeah. it's a type it's, that's a genre oh, see I wouldn't I'd say that's a documentary but it's a documentary well, film it's a, docu- documentary it's a, it's a, a film, film. Oh, I wouldn't count as a film it, it absolutely <laughs> is it's, it's just a, it's but documentaries way, like... have plots documentaries have structures and characters yeah that's like that's, that's non-fiction <laughs> yeah but they're still, still structured and they still have like the same dramatic beats and they still have the same kind of Casting. Characters, director, <laughs> producer, even a writer. <laughs> I, I think you bring up a fair point about the debate of the the Corrine Scotty and the Andy Warhol stuff. Like, what makes I, what does I, make I, a film? I'd, see, I'd say that I, I've not seen uh, the 
one that you're pronouncing. <laughs> yeah, that one. I, I've not seen Koyanisquatsi. Um, I bet I'm saying it wrong as well. <laughs> <laughs> From how you guys are uh, like putting it forward, I would say that is more of a film than the Andy Warhol stuff. Like the like what ten hours of watching someone sleep silently with nothing. That is like just sort of like it's filmed obviously and technically it is a film because yeah. it was unreal but i wouldn't call it a film I, I i would agree with james that that isn't a film because there's not enough there to warrant like it, it's basically <laughs> watching someone sleep is basically a still image that changes like every couple hours yeah you know it like it, he's just sat there lightly breathing then yeah. eventually he'll just go Ugh. well that's kind like, of like contem- that's sort of like contemporary modern art where it yeah. does sometimes like it's just CCTV it's very, footage it sometimes <laughs> can be a little bit self-indulgent and a little bit kind of oh this is really really thought-provoking this this person sleeping or this framed piece of fabric and it's just black and oh it's oh it says so much you know but no, it doesn't. Because those Andy Warhol films are counted as films, I feel really sorry for the team of BBFC guys who had to watch them films so that they could put a, an age <laughs> yeah. rating on them. It must have been on like time, fast forward times too. <laughs> yeah, it's time. like we get Just it. Just sat there it. like, God's sake, yeah. go, gonna 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 throw someone else at you, Nicolas Cage. But is Nicolas Cage a good actor or a bad actor? I I would say he that transcends Nic- acting. Nicolas <laughs> Nicolas Cage. I I enjoy Nicolas Cage films, um, even the bad ones, just because they, they they end up being so bad that they're bizarre. But I I would say that Nicolas Cage, sort of, he, he had this reputation for you go into his films and it's either going to be good or bad. But 2006, okay. The Wicker Man. The The Wicker Man remake. You know, no, not the bees. All that sort of stuff, followed by 2007's Ghost Rider. Since then, I would say that no one has looked at Nicolas Cage in the same way. Like before, he's good in kickers. Before those films, like people obviously were like, "Oh well, you know, Nicolas Cage. It was, but this was a bad Nicolas Cage film. But you know, maybe, maybe the next one will be good." And he had his ups and downs. I, but most people that I talk to, because of stuff like, because of mainly Wicker Man and Ghost Rider. Now you're like, oh, I, wa- I watch Color Out of Space, I watch Mandy, and you know Nicolas Cage is really good in it, and they're like, Nicolas Cage isn't good. Yeah. Because of those films, he's got this reputation as a bad actor now. People won't watch his films because he's just bad. It's not, <laughs> oh, he has some bad films, it's he is a bad actor. He's always been a bit of a meme, though, hasn't he? Have you ever seen that footage of him yeah. coming out on like Parkinson when it's like literally his first appearance on Bridge? I think it's Parkinson. Oh, no, it's Wogan. Terry Wogan show, uh, like in the eighties, and he literally comes out doing a doing a cartwheels and 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 jumping all over the stage and throwing money at the audience and stuff, and it's it's just ob- it's obviously just completely it's insane. Like his early, like, <laughs> his early movie, like Vampire's Kiss, where he does the alphabet and like those little meme bits. Yeah, you know, it's like, hey, B, C. He has his weird little acting bits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, they- he he's an unusual actor. There, there's actually a pretty good. Um, is it Wisecrack? Did a pretty yeah. good video where they analyze his acting style and say why his acting style is so weird and unique and sort of marmite for people because he 
he had he's acting in the wrong era. He's acting as if he's still in a silent film, and he's not. But I I, I don't think it's a case of he has a style and some people like it, some people don't. With Marmite, I think I genuinely think he is just good in some films and just weird in others. I I mean. Like I, I said before we started recording, I think Nicolas Cage knows when he's doing a bad film. Mm. And he does it on purpose because he wants money. And that's fine. But he also has films. It, it's a shame because he also has films where he stands out. I mean, like Mandy and Colour Out of Space, two recent films that I watched, uh, Mum and Dad as well, all really good films. Like he, He's so over the top and like he fits into those roles so well. It's, it's just... You know, when when they try and put him into films where his eccentric, over the top style doesn't fit. I mean, like Face Off is just one of the perfect examples of, <laughs> like, you know, he he is he is the bad guy, and you can tell he's the bad guy because he's absolutely mental. Yeah. <laughs> when he goes up to the is it the choir singers in the beginning? Like that's quite a popular scene, yeah. meme scene. It's like um. It's like Bruce Willis as well. He's proper, like, fallen off the wagon in terms of even caring and kind of not yeah. bothered, being bothered about being a good actor anymore. And he had he had the flares, like he was like Lupo was like a last good one, and mm. he was all right in Glass. He, 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 I think he was all right in that. Yeah, it's but, a shame but, like, it wasn't a good when, film. When was like when he, when did he proper drop off? Was it the last, um, the fifth Die Hard? Was it from then he kind of proper like? Have there been five Die Hard? Oh God, the razzles on yeah, the sun. Yeah. What was the film he did with Kevin Smith? Cop Out. That was around the same era. Yeah. <laughs> like I think from then he started doing those direct DVD movies, didn't he? And just like a whatever, and I don't know. Yeah. It's like what? Whose career did Crawl ruin? Well, it is funny you mentioned Krull because I think uh, <laughs> Prince Colwyn from Krull didn't quite reach the heights. I think he still worked a little bit. He didn't quite reach the heights of Krull. I don't think the the princess from Krull quite worked, but I think she had some run-ins with uh, certain Harvey Weinstein. So I think she didn't quite recover. But you know, Krull did also birth the careers of Liam Neeson and people like that. So Krull, yeah, Krull does fit the list. I got my Krull minute in. <laughs> I think we've. Uh, talked long and hard over that uh, interesting topic, a wide ranging type topic there guys. I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode we're going to wrap it up there do a like, subscribe if you're watching the video or if you're listening on Spotify Apple Podcasts, do subscribe, I think that's how it works give or... us a 5 star rating and review You know, yeah. 5 star for 5 star Yeah. Five star, give us some basically ratings. just go on there click the subscribe button and then you'll get every podcast on your streaming platform of choice directly downloaded onto your podcast app and you'll be able to listen to the audio version of this but do let us nice do let us know on twitter and, and uh, youtube if you there's other actors that we've missed out or the other glaring omissions and uh, and the like uh should we uh leave it there guys that's, that's, that's good enough, yeah. all right uh, we'll see you next week guys thanks for watching see you later bye, see you. bye.